0: Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. And Matt, we've got one of our favorite guys today.
1: Absolutely. I'm pretty excited about it. So enough about me and you. Let's dig right in. That's right. We've got Sigmund Bloom. Sigmund is the
0: one of the co-owners at Football Guys. He also does some writing and podcasting over there. You might have heard him on uh, the Audible each week, multiple times per week. Sig, how's it going, man?
2: Good. This is great, guys, because we're getting old. So we can sit around and say, remember <laughs> yeah. when? We've all been working together long enough that we can say, remember when? But also we can continue to look forward. The game keeps us young. All the youth, all the young people, uh, the young people in the league especially. So it's, it's a fun time. We just downloaded and absorbed and processed what we paid so much attention for in 2019. Congratulations, Chiefs. And we turn the page, and there's always something new to learn.
1: Sigs, because getting old, you'll get a
2: kick yeah. out of this.
1: I was down at the Steeler facility on Thursday, and you know they share it with Pitt. And yeah. Sig's, a, Sig's a Pittsburgher, for those of you that don't know. And I happened to be wearing my tangerine bowl jacket uh. for the rain to go down there. And I saw a couple of my Pitt buddies that were still there from the olden days, and they're like, wow, you still have that jacket. That was our favorite jacket. We beat Philip Rivers in that game.
2: Wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm old. Jeez.
2: We so it's it's great, but you know, um, it, hopefully we've gotten wiser with our age.
1: Not only about that.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe maybe we'll find out today. Sig, speaking of turning the page yeah. over over at Football Guys, you just uh, just released in the past couple of weeks the the what we learned in twenty nineteen article, uh, which is a, a great recap, uh, positional breakdown. And, and I know that wasn't necessarily written from a dynasty point of view, but I think mm-hmm. there's always, always application for the dynasty game. And I, yeah. I know you're, a, you're an avid dynasty player as well as seasonal and, and everything else. So we're, we're going to try to go position by position mm-hmm. here. And of course, starting with the quarterback, and we saw the huge season, of course, from Lamar Jackson, from Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson had, had a, a very, a very good season and return value on his uh, draft position from, Last preseason, I don't know. I kind of read that as you suggesting you're on board with taking those three guys specifically with an early pick, which I, I think yeah. we all agree. Whether we're talking dynasty or redraft, they're they're not going to be cheap. Uh, I no. know. I know both Jackson and Mahomes have second round ADPs right. in our in our brand new uh, dynasty ADP at DLF. So, uh, is that the case, or, or was I misreading? No, like, no.
2: Well, look. You can. We can look back. I like to do what I learned or what we learned. I guess it's presumptuous for me to say, what well, we learned. We all learned <laughs> something different, I suppose. But um, just to see before we turn the page, what happened, what went down, and why. And I think you can look at the 2019 season and kind of find the lesson you want, right? If you said, well, you can rely on the waiver wire, like Ryan Fitzpatrick and Ryan Tannehill over there saying, yep, you can. If you want to say rely on later round picks – That Sure, that's Dak Prescott, that's Jameis Winston, and Lamar Jackson, of course. And if you want to say fade the early-round quarterbacks, well, Patrick Mahomes got hurt. Patrick Mahomes was actually pretty close. He regressed via injury, and that counts Mm -hmm. as regression. But his play didn't really regress, especially we saw in the playoffs once he got back up to speed Mm -hmm. in his offense. So here's the thing, though. People are getting ahead of the curve, okay? So the idea is who's the next Lamar Jackson? And, And automatically, Kyler Murray. Right. Um. Well, you know, Ryan, you're doing the DLF ADP, but even just like um, Fantasy Mojo does the good stuff with FFPC, Best Ball. Sure. Kyler Murray's already quarterback four. You know, yeah, are like, trying to get ahead of the curve.
0: Yeah, there's there's no real discount on him. No. Th- so, not
2: much, at least. I mean, maybe you know whatever you can get into Josh Allen or something like that. But here's the thing: Jackson and Mahomes, and now those are the two because it just Watson. You'll get queasy. You'll get queasy with. O'Brien with the team with Will Fuller's injuries like Jackson and Mahomes in most scoring formats like in your hyperactive leagues. It's like a 30 point player. Jackson was a 30 point player. And yes, in 2020 or in dynasty leagues for pretty cheap, you could get 20 to 22 points. But those extra 8 to 10 points, you can't lock in an 8 to 10 point advantage at any other position. And I think that as a whole, we're still... Undervaluing elite quarterback scoring, and we all are trying to play the same game of getting ahead of the curve for that late round pick. So, if somebody says, and VBD drafting Joe Bryant, you know, would all dictate that Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes, if they continue to be that much better than the pack, are worth first and second round picks. It's just a matter of your fantasy style.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had a, a, t- a dynasty team that I would have bet nine out of 10 times was a total rebuild. I was treating it like a rebuild, selling guys for picks. But I had Lamar and I went to the Super Bowl. You know, like, <laughs> you
2: know, just that easy.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I wish it was that easy. So, Sig, we'll, we'll have kind of the same conversation with tight end, honestly. Yeah. Uh, with with the two to three elite guys there. When it comes down to it, if you're in the dynasty startup right now, are you spending a late second rounder on Jackson or Mahomes?
2: I mean, I've, I haven't done one of your mocks recently to right. know how I feel about the, the <laughs> territory Who but would I you can be see... forfeiting Ryan to, t- to make that pick right yeah we is can he, look
0: at some of the guys like in
2: Miles that... Sanders maybe he is, is or is he close to the first round already
0: no no that's he's he's in that conversation he's actually behind uh, he's actually behind both of those guys okay uh, so right now it's Lamar Jackson Leonard fournette is right after him Odell Beckham right after mm-hmm. him. A.J. Brown, Josh Jacobs, then Mahomes. So Mahomes is actually the first player in our third round. Uh, I think I called him a second rounder, but he's twenty sure.
2: fifth he, overall. Out of those guys, um, I, I don't. I think Beckham only only Beckham gives me pause. Beckham seems pretty easy. I mean, unless the dude's starting to deteriorate, he was playing with a hernia all year. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I think we may look back on that as more of the story than. And also Cleveland. Hopefully they're getting things aligned now, so there's a chance for something to grow. Fournette, I'm worried about because he's a Coughlin guy. Yeah, uh, I think Jay Gruden has a good history of third down backs. Um, AJ Brown's great. Don't get me wrong. I don't know that his scoring outlook is going to change that much in the Titans' offense over the next couple of years. So I'm only really, a, I'm not really afraid of missing out on a lot there, except for Beckham and maybe Sanders. And Matt nailed it when he just said that, that advantage on. A, we forget because. We look at our teams on paper, but it's still a weekly game, like Evan Silva likes to say a lot. And that advantage is really tough to make up at other positions. So I I probably would, uh, with that exception of Beckham, just because I think Beckham's going to go back to being Beckham.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, like those names you mentioned, Fournette's an easy no. I'd rather have the quarterback. I, I Odell would be my number one ranked guy of all those dudes and is somewhat of a buy low right now. But even like the rookies, like A.J. Brown and Josh Jacobs, are they going to turn into – polio and McCaffrey probably not <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: no and, yeah. but look and I, I don't trust they just signed Jalen Richard, who's a very good player mm-hmm. to an extension so and, you know as good as Josh Jacobs is in the passing game I just don't trust that John Gruden and company are going to use him as that true every down back
0: Sig, one of the one of the features of your article was uh, 2020 homework you gave the readers a, a task for each mm-hmm. position. Talk to us about a, a prediction for the quarterback position in 2020. It might be related to pay, player brand at the position, maybe changing or happening in 2020 at the quarterback position.
2: Well, uh, I want two players I want to highlight. I want to highlight Russell Wilson real briefly, just because he's already out there campaigning for his offense yeah. to be more up tempo, And that's striking to me, you know, uh, f- uh for Russell Wilson to be openly stumping for like, Hey, we can do some of this stuff. I forget who was, what offense he he was talking about, where you could almost see the envy, you know, to be in that kind of offense. And he's now talking about that. I think Daniel Jones is really interesting. I think people underestimate what he did. So another thing i am doing at football guys that I was releasing in January, I call 2020 hindsight rankings, wink, wink. But looking back to see how I just kind of take a stab at if we were to rank how players performed, because we don't ever do that. And it just gives you an idea, looking back, you may forget, you know, there's players, like, if their teams fall out of sight, we don't notice what they do later in the year as much. Daniel Jones was actually, when he was on, like, do this, like, look at Daniel Jones scoring week to week, and look at Aaron Rodgers. Wasn't that different? But Daniel Jones got Jerry Skolpinski, a hire that Joe Judge made, as his quarterback coach, and Jimmy Garoppolo said, basically, Skolpinski taught him everything. You know, Brady was with McDaniels, but when he was in New England, he was with Skolpinski. Uh, Skolpinski was part of some success they had in Miami. I don't know if it did much for Josh Rosen. We'll see. uh But I think that that is a very underrated hire, and you know, he's gonna have a good offense around him. Probably not a good defense. Daniel Jones could take the step right away. He's a good runner. Um, he could take a big step in 2020.
1: You mentioned Wilson, and this is more NFL than fantasy related, yeah. but. Everyone just assumes Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the planet. He's the best quarterback in the league. He won the Super Bowl, and I'm like, I adore Mahomes, but I'm not sure he's better right this second at playing football than Russell Wilson. And it's not like they're going to turn into the Chiefs. But if Wilson were the Chief, right. he would have the same numbers, if not yes. better. And if he can get fifty percent closer there, then now we're talking.
0: Yeah, I like the uh, I like the Daniel Jones mention there, Bloom. Uh, I had a stat a couple weeks ago that. Jones and Lamar Jackson were the only two quarterbacks to have at least four games this year as either the quarterback one or quarterback two. Exactly. So with hmm. Jackson, we're not surprised at that. Uh, Daniel Jones, I think he was the overall quarterback one in one week and quarterback two mm-hmm. in three others. So uh, the high upside there and maybe maybe a floor that we're worried about, uh, but but he's shown that ceiling already. Uh, maybe this includes Daniel Jones or Russell Wilson. Yeah. Maybe it's another player. What's one quarterback move you're making this offseason, buying or selling, a, a rookie that you're looking at and hoping to draft? One player that, yeah. that you're moving this year, this offseason.
2: Sure. I mean, I guess I'll do a price check on Taysom Hill. That one's a real riddle, right? because yeah. on, I'm like, I mean, on one hand, you want to say, well, if they didn't turn to him when Breeze went down, what's all this talk that he's their quarterback of the future? On the other hand, guys – there's some universe like over a month from now, we're talking about Taysom Hill is going to be the starting quarterback and maybe it's a disaster, right? Maybe it just makes Sean Payton look foolish for even trying it, but we know he's got the stuff for combustible fantasy games. He's doing it in a tiny role. I don't know if people who have Taysom Hill necessarily realize what they have. Uh, If Taysom Hill becomes a starting quarterback, he's an instant starter in fantasy football. And, there's enough out there that even if the saints are proven to be foolish and ridiculous for starting him, he could be the starter. Maybe not this year, maybe next year. Um, So I I think that I'm fascinated, even though it could just be a trap.
1: He's so interesting because I don't think you have to squint too hard to say if we three of us get together in exactly two years from now, five or six teams are running very, very similar offenses to Baltimore. You know, and those guys are, quarterback gold obviously even if they're not quite lamar
2: right tyron you know, taylor right
1: right like, right i mean Thinkpin back with the chiefs for a while i mean like exactly a, and is back like, with miami yeah, so we right. ryan
2: fitzpatrick see this is all gonna rhyme. we're gonna circle all the back around it yeah just punt quarterback because there's going to be more and more offenses that are priming scoring for the quarterbacks and quarterbacks that might not have had a chance Cecil and I did that uh, snorkel scuba submarine, and we were talking about guys like Easton Stick and Trace McSorley, you know, um, these guys that maybe in previous regimes, previous eras, would have never got a look as a quarterback, but now teams are kick- keeping them around for their Taysom Hill, and the next thing you know, we may find out that if you have alignment and commitment from an offensive coordinator, having one of those limited quarterbacks as a passer who you don't, you aren't scared of them getting hurt. Cause isn't that really what made Lamar Jackson take off as a runner is that they ran him as a weapon, not as something we're going to, they're going to keep in bubble wrap like they do with Russell Wilson as a runner. And all of a sudden a lot more fantasy quarterbacks become viable. Like Matt, I mean, I wish the Steelers had that approach whenever Roethlisberger went, if they had Tyrod Taylor or Colin Kaepernick or someone like that, and just had 20 pass attempts a game, a lot of quarterback running, scrambling and running the ball with that defense, they would have won 11 or 12 games.
1: Yeah. And the thing with Hill, though, he's twenty nine, he's touched the ball under three hundred times his whole life. Right. Like, can he throw an out? I don't know.
2: right. right.
0: So do you see do you see a future for him as a quarterback or this I this see that of the Saints do
2: weapon? well, this we've heard enough accounts that the Saints do for me to take it as credible, even if yeah. like Matt said, I mean, the first game he goes out and is a full-time quarterback, it could be a disaster, you know, it could be like Tim Tebow, but Tim uh-huh. Tebow hung on for a while too. It and a a quarterback, exactly. Right. <laughs> All right, let's move
0: over to the running back position. You you talked about in your article the kind of the disappointment at the top. Uh, yeah. Barkley got hurt. Alvin Kamara got hurt. Uh, even that second tier, James Conner and some players like that were uh, were were basically bust for one reason or another. But you also kind of linked the the running back and the wide receiver position. That despite this disappointment at running back. It's it's not like the running running back position as a whole was overtaken by wide receivers, yeah. which is just so deep, so flat right now. Uh, and I think you would probably agree it was a worse year for wide receivers than it was for running backs, uh, or at yeah. least as bad. So let, let's go back to that dynasty startup draft. What what's your plan in those early rounds? First, let's say the yeah. fir- the first two rounds. Right now, our our ADP shows. 11 running backs in the top two rounds and 11 wide receivers in the top two rounds. Of course, Lamar is in there and uh, I believe George Kittle, wh- whoever the tight end one is yeah, right sure. now, one tight end, one quarterback, and then 11 of the other, the other two spots. So what's your general plan in those first couple of rounds?
2: So we have this like uh Mobius strip, like a paradox, the harder it gets to have a good consistent, running back one the more valuable they get so the more risk you take on to try to land that guy even though wide receivers have that longer career arc because that was the thing right um i mean ryan i know you were just destroying other teams destroying leagues with that idea that when the dynasty community you were a couple of years ahead of the curve the idea that the wide receiver is the much safer long-term investment running back is much more volatile, but it's actually that volatility of running back that makes the few standbys that much more valuable. So, you know, in the first round, I mean, I'm still going to, I mean, whatever, you're not going to get McCaffrey or Barkley unless it's an early Mm -hmm. pick. I'm still going to build my team around guys like Zeke and Kamara and at this point probably Derek Henry. I mean, look, he's going to stay in Tennessee. They're going to continue to be aligned around him. Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb. The good news is if you look at a first round of a typical redraft, all these running backs are still on the upside their career curve you know they're not uh, we've had years when a lot of the top running backs are 28 29 years old and you know David Johnson looms as a warning that the cliff can come up a little earlier than you think so you know I'm not against it because you talk about wide receiver okay because we're always these things are always in relation to each other so yeah running back had a lot of disappointments a lot of picks where we stubbed our toe but if you look at wide receiver scoring except for old Michael Thomas the god it was down across the board everybody was down I mean, just wide receiver scoring in general was down, except if you got around to, say, wide receiver 25-30, that scoring was stretching out to, like, wide receiver 40 this year. So now all of a sudden getting wide receiver three scoring is not that hard. You know, if you were just active on the waiver wire, if you just had competent players, you could pretty much keep up with teams that went wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver at the start mm-hmm. of the draft yeah. last year.
1: Startable guys.
2: Yeah. Very so, so that tells me, Ryan, that I'm going to take my swing, whether it's in the, and I think it's probably going to have to be in the first round, depending on your draft position in a startup dynasty. I'm going to take my swing at my guy, whoever that is. You know, if it's Mixon, if it's Jones, if it's Chubb. Um, I think that you could go into a startup with an idea. What's Eckler's ADP? Is he even into, into the second round yet? Is he still a third rounder?
0: No, he's, he's cheaper than that. He's probably no. a fourth rounder.
2: So Eckler is interesting. I mean, I might go into my draft with some targets like Eckler, um, you know, some of the rookies that everyone's down on now from last year, like Justice Hill and Daryl Henderson and things like that. But I think you get that one cornerstone, and then you can get cute at running back, too, as long as you have your anchor.
1: So my big approach in, in redraft is yeah. – my first two picks are always, always running backs, even if they're not the best guy on the board. Right. And then I take another one either in the third or fourth round as my flex, and I end up starting three top 20 drafted running backs every week, and I fill in the blanks with Emmanuel Sanders or whoever, like you said. Yep. Yep. But what, what I'm having a real hard time lately is balancing that out for Dynasty. It's a winning formula for redraft, but you could be very short-lived in this world with that, with that strategy in Dynasty.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I mean – the bottom can drop out really quickly if you have. If you think of your investment portfolio, like your dynasty team, if a lot of your assets are in your running backs, like David Johnson's a good example. You know, Gurley. you could you could wake up Gurley, even Levy on Bell. It's a sure. little more team based, but and this is something that's the and you can't work, flip them for anything. No, well, it's just like what's happening in the NFL, right? Like Gurley yeah. and, and Bell trying to trade them. Um, and Ryan, this is where the work that you do tracking ADP over time. I love how. You know, just your intellectual curiosity shows up, and you're like, well, "Let's look at what this looked like last year at this time." And I'm yeah. sure what it shows is, you know, someone like Beckham. That's really for Beckham to lose as much value as he did from last year to this year. That's pretty rare at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But at running back, the the cliff comes up fast. So you're absolutely right about that. And look, I mean, I like trying to make a team that makes it not fun for everybody else in the league. But the reality is, punting running back on the whole still can work just fine the other thing that happened last year though ryan that i talked about in the article was the waiver wire never paid off there was yeah. never a, a waiver usually yeah. you can get away with that and redraft because of the waiver wire but there wasn't so maybe that benefited those teams a little bit that had the the mainstay running backs but matt you're absolutely right that um if you do a startup and you take running backs three out of the first four picks year two year three you could be at the bottom of the league and rebuilding quickly yeah
0: Give us – we'll go back to that same question. Yeah. Give us yeah. one prediction for the running back position in 2020 again. Maybe it's a player. Maybe yeah. – whatever. Whatever's on your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, you know, looking early uh, at think early ADPs at running back, I do think – and this is combining them with my early um, rookie stuff. And I think that because of rookies last year, people will back off. The, the LSU back, Clyde yeah. Edwards-Hilaire.
1: Dude, he's going to be a stealer. Don't tell anyone.
2: <laughs> the second round let me, I said let, that on my
1: Steelers show one hour ago That I'm smitten with this guy in the 2nd oh, round For the Steelers
2: Well, and it's interesting, guys, because on the first pass And look, this isn't going to be a prospect show And I just started scratching the sur- surface But a lot of the other names at the top of the running back board Are more traditional running backs That maybe would have fit in better in the league like 20 years ago But Edwards oh, like Taylor, yeah Yeah, but edwards it fits now And uh, it's exciting, too To imagine what he can do For, for an offense that really uh, embraces his skills. Um, you know, something of, of someone returning. Oh, you know, I think that I think that there's a few running backs that we still haven't totally given a fair shake to yet before like I think Carry on Johnson, people are moving away from a little bit. He's uh, a real
1: good one. That offense could uh, be pretty good.
2: Oh yeah. I mean Stafford, a total defense off that was something from the quarterbacks by the way. Ma- outside of Jackson and Mahomes, pa- Matthew Stafford scored as well as anybody before yeah. he got hurt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, Detroit's offense could be good. But you look at the early uh, landscape, and it's rough. I mean, there's not a lot of players you can have in your back pocket and and pull out. Maybe um, Tony Pollard's interesting, although I don't know about Mike McCarthy and The staff. Justin Jackson is interesting. Justin Jackson would be somebody I'd be trying to get on the Jeep right now because he was banged up last year. But with Melvin Gordon, Miami, I don't know where he's going to end up. It's not going to be with the Chargers. And Justin Jackson's going to play a big role there.
1: Ryan, is your guy still Sanders? That this is your last ditch effort before he's, you know, super high pick, untouchable. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think so. As I yeah, said, I he, he's a mid mid third rounder right now in in uh, our dynasty ADP. I think that's a pretty easy pick to make. Uh, he's mm-hmm. go- going behind DeAndre Swift.
2: Pfft. Oh, <laughs> I just well, no. Look, Swift <laughs> and Dobbins, and even Taylor to an extent. Out of the three of them, I probably like Taylor the best. They're just they're not um, – I mean, look at what Josh – and Josh Jacobs was great last year, right? Yeah, right. But that's that's like a best-case scenario for these guys as far as usage and commitment right away. Mm-hmm. You know, even – and we can look back at redraft last year. Jacobs was a third-round pick and he kind of returned third-round value. I mean, it wasn't a slam dunk.
1: Mm-hmm. Behind Sanders, one of the best offensive lines in the league with little competition. Like, what's the right. chances those guys going
2: to that? I mean, you're right to focus on Sanders, Ryan, because one of the things you have to love about Sanders is, you know, we have coaching staffs with this idea of running back by committee, multiple roles, and then a guy comes in and just smashes that. By the end of the year, Sanders just—I mean, Boston Scott was terrific, and he still has a role. Yeah, but I think you're right. I, I like that call. I like that you brought that up, Matt, on Ryan's behalf, because there is absolutely such a thing as buy high. You know, mm-hmm. like you buy buy low, sell high. I've added more in recent years: buy high and sell low. And just because everybody is excited and a player's momentum is. In a positive direction doesn't mean it's not still time to buy. And I think you're absolutely right that if you could trade 1 1 for Miles Sanders right now, you probably get more than that, right? No, you could do better than that, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm on board. I'm on board.
0: Are you selling low on David Johnson, Todd
2: Gurley? Yeah. I mean, hmm. Okay, David Johnson. And I'm curious what y'all think about this because, I mean, I don't know if it was a mental, emotional, physical thing like how many of those boxes you check but something happened where his energy and his effort wasn't there but I I just can't believe that he woke up one day cuz he still looked like a great pass catching running back in the first 6 weeks of the year so if he gets traded to Tampa or who knows what happens I mean you're looking at an investment where you're probably paying like 5 cents on the dollar from what he was worth a year ago I'm that sounds worth it to me Gurley's a little bit tougher but Gurley was still running well. He just wasn't being used as a receiver. And I don't think the knee really, I mean, he wasn't as quite as nifty, but he still was powerful. I mean, he was jolting guys and knocking them backwards in the second half of the year, which is what we're used to seeing. What is he, 25? So I think these are just like smart. It's like blot by when there's blood in the streets, right? Like yeah. at the time that everybody's like, oh, God, I can't even get anybody to pick up the phone. When I'm trying to trade this player. That might be the time to throw a few pennies at shares of them because it can change back. We might be overreacting to some of these things.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point. And it it really is pennies. Um, I mean, I'm certain or or certainly some dynasty owners are, are just going to keep him at this point and kind of go down with the ship, but I've also seen him traded for third round rookie picks, even up. So uh, that's, that's a possibility. You've already talked about a couple of players you are targeting. Justin Jackson is a good one might mm-hmm. even be on some waiver wires out there. So let's move over to the wide receiver position. We kind of talked about that a little bit, as, as you said, at the top, everything's kind of, uh, kind of intermingled. Um, it's, it's hard to have one conversation without hitting four other topics. So we, mm-hmm. we've talked wide receiver a little bit. You seem to be on board with, with zero wide receiver right. waiting, uh, waiting a little bit. Is that as true in dynasty though? Uh, we've seen the career longevity of, of receivers compared to uh, running backs. We've seen more running backs getting injured than wide receivers. You said you're taking running back in the first round. Then what's the plan?
2: Yeah, i I think it's I think it's very viable in dynasty leagues, and I think it's just because of the depth of the position. I think it's uh, more. Players being viable. Well, there's more young players too. We had a lot of rookies hit. We got second-year players make a step forward. All the but, incoming guys. Yeah, and then there's exactly. And just on first glance, the wide receivers are going to be one of the best classes, and it's going to continue to increase the depth at the position. So here's the exercise that I'll do with y'all. Okay, this is um wide receiver. I'll start at wide receiver 25 right now in the offseason best ball rankings. DJ Chark, Kyler Boyd. Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Julian Edelman, T.Y. Hilton, mm. Jarvis Landry, Michael Gallup, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, John Brown, Marquise Brown, Mike Williams, uh, Jerry Judy, Will Fuller, Jerry Slayton, wide receiver 40. My point is this. you could, uh, If you told me, okay, you're starting three of those players, and these are guys you're talking about not taking a wide receiver, and now it's redraft, best ball, don't get me wrong. You're talking about not taking a wide receiver until the sixth round because that's how long it takes to get to wide receiver 25 in the early drafts. If I was out starting Terry McLaurin, Jarvis Landry, and Michael Gallup, I'd be fine with that. I'm fine with that.
1: I, yeah. My team can compete.
2: It's you know, Sunday
1: morning, you have no problem checking that box. Like, okay, right. CJ right. Right. Green, so, healthy Okay, sure.
2: So, you know, Ryan, where, where this leads me is, is perhaps if I was in a startup right now, what I would be trying to do is do something like trade my first-round pick for – 3 picks in the top 75. I yeah. don't even care what 3. You know, just give me your 4th, 5th and 6th or something like that. Um or a second a second 4th and 6th or something. Um and really allow yourself to take multiple swings at the piñata here because I just think that it's just like the scoring at the position went where it's not top heavy at all. I think that might be what we're looking at as a picture when there's more and more talent there's more and more tight ends being used running backs being used in the passing game and then there's just not necessarily going to be those target hogs at wide receiver uh and because there's always three or even four with a flex starting you're better off having a deep and shout a deep core without a star performer um you know it's just the way that i think the position is going
1: yeah give me five of them in dynasty and start right. three of them a week you
2: know
0: Yeah, you look at the current first-round wide receivers in in Dynasty ADP. Of course, it's Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Hopkins, Tyreek Hill. Chris Godwin's in the first round now. Uh, So I I think if you're you're waiting until – even if you're waiting until round two, which is, of course, not a long wait, you still have Mike Evans and Juju and Cooper, DJ Moore is there, uh, Odell Beckham, A.J. Brown we already mentioned. It, there doesn't seem to be outside of Michael Thomas, who is, is you know, on a different level right. right now. There doesn't seem to be a big difference between Godwin and Hill versus Cooper and Mike Evans.
2: No. And you right. can even go a, a deeper and talk about the where, where is the dynasty value of someone like Stefan Diggs right now? Where's the dynasty value of Devonte Parker or people correctly pricing in what he did and what his outlook is right now? Yeah. Um, Where what's the price right now on DK Metcalf? What's the price right now on, um, you know, even someone like Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, there's so many. So if you're telling me like, what's my offseason shopping list for wide receiver, it just goes on and on and on. I think there's a lot of players that are being underestimated. Speaking of Thomas, yeah. What's
1: he worth if Taysom Hill's the quarterback?
2: All uh, right. Good call. Not much. <laughs> no, no, no. These are exactly – thank you, Matt. Those are exactly the kind of questions that you should be asking yourself uh, uh, when right. you're thinking about possibilities. And absolutely, that's – I mean, we Alvin Kamara. I mean, it would change yeah. the, the whole blueprint – the blueprint, there we go – of the offense. <laughs> and it absolutely would hurt him. And now, uh, you know – this is something interesting to think about, too, with Thomas. How much does it breeze to Thomas? And you know what happens if they don't have a plan B? So I think you're right. And I think that Michael Thomas is a decent sell high, if only because you can get someone to get give an absurd package for him right now and start to get some of those. That's what, it's like what we're talking about, trading the strategy of a first-round wide receiver for a bunch of shotgun approach in the mid-rounds. You can do that in Dynasty and probably get more.
1: So I'm going give you a ton for Thomas.
2: Yeah.
0: Give us a wide receiver prediction for 2026.
2: Yeah. Um <laughs> this is why it's funny because when we do snorkel scuba summary and we get to mention our guys, right? Yeah. Like the guys that I'm gonna go to the grave with. You know, I want to say like Richie James, Richie James is gonna be It's like I've taken all my Kiki cutie. It's gonna be, be his grade. year. <laughs> yeah, because he's not in the doghouse at least. Um, you know, I, I I think hmm one good wide receiver prediction. Um I think you're gonna see the 2019 rookies in their second year overshadow the 2020 rookies. I think the 2020 rookies are going to, I mean, there's so many great players and they're fun to watch and they're going to be fun when your team drafts them. They're going to be fun to have on your fantasy team. But I think that what's exciting about AJ Brown and DK Metcalf and Terry McLaurin and Darius Slayton and Debo Samuel and, you know, these rookies is that, they're probably just scratching the surface mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to get call, Michael, Michael Hardman. Another good one. Deontay Johnson. Another good one. Uh, Preston Williams coming back from his ACL. Where's these guys? They're puppies. They're just growing into their paws and they're already winning consistently on Sundays. So I might be more excited to have them in year two than some of these rookies in year one. I think, you know, the theme that's emerging as we're talking this through guys is just the, the, the shiny objects, the, the sort of it thing right now can be overlooked. Uh, the, 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 can, we will overlook what we know already about players to get part of what's new.
1: I can't help myself with you two being on the, the, the call here with me. Yeah. What, what's your thoughts on Juju? <sighs> you know, my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Deontay Johnson is going to lead the team in catches next year. <sighs> And that doesn't mean Juju's bad. I just I, no, he's just not that volume guy.
2: No, I and, and the, it probably helps the Steelers honestly if other teams approach defensive game planning like Juju's that guy, you know, and devote extra resources to him because with Washington and Johnson, they, those are going to be the matchups. I think that. So, can No, you like, yeah. It's so tough. Uh, uh, Benjamin Solak, it's a draft network. Ben, mm-hmm. He's one of many great writers. I wrote something about mm-hmm. Dominator. Um, uh, was it, what was it? Uh, Breakout Age. Yes. I forget who, who, who I've, i there's someone that we should be giving credit or some site we should be giving credit. I don't want to misattribute it. Breakout Age. But
0: yeah, I, great. Think it, I think that's Sean Siegel and John Moore. And, and well,
2: John guys, Moore was the one who did Age for sure. Yeah. John Moore was almost single handedly responsible for making sure everybody understood that age should be part of a scouting profile. Yes, just, it's just a modifier. It's an attribute. And then you add in production and you, uh, you know, early production and Benjamin did a great job writing it up just because a lot of it's simple and intuitive, like early production is better. I mean, more production is better than less production and early production is better than late production. And, but what I think is really neat about this is that it's like the cross pollination, right? Where, um, Fantasy Twitter has, re- has, has given a concept now to draft Twitter, right, where we're, we're, we're trading concepts, we're trading ideas and ways of looking at the game. And Juju, in terms of NFL breakout age, is just off the charts, right? I mean, like, sure. there's nobody else we can even compare him to, really. So that's still an exciting thing to hold in your portfolio this idea that the Juju at this age is so much farther along in terms of production and proven NFL play than any receiver that we can remember. But I think Matt's caution, uh, the, first of all, I think Deontay Johnson is probably a better outside receiver than Juju and maybe a He's better a better receiver. route runner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and James Washington has his game of winning at the catch point. So I think that you can see these guys as more like the three amigos. And and as much as I love Juju, and there may be like 100, 110 catch game going into this year. I thought 100, 110 catch season was very much around the mean of his possibilities. But now you see Johnson and Washington making that step and being precocious. And then there's the Steelers quarterback uncertainty, right? I mean, this is where the Steelers neurosis comes in, right, Matt? Like, are the Steelers going to really gracefully (laughs) handle this? I mean, they had Roethlisberger fall into their lap, but there was a couple of years of Tommy Maddox in there
1: in between. Oh, there were 20 years of Tommy Maddox in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: There you go. So uh, that's also kind of makes you a little queasy when you think about Juju. It might still be time to get out on Juju because of all of that promise and potential and people not being sober the way that Matt is about it. My last note on Juju, we'll move on. But
1: I, I, I will say – he didn't handle being Batman very well early. You know, I mean, <laughs> he always had A.B. getting all the attention. Right. He played through a lot of injuries. And I will say I watched many of his practices at St. Vincent's and he looked like a monster. So I'm yeah. not flushing him or anything.
0: Well, that's good to hear. We're not totally giving up on him. All right, let's, let's finish up, guys, with the tight end position. We kind of alluded to it earlier. Similar to that onesie position at quarterback, you've got the – the two or three uh, elite guys there here, you have Kittle and Kelsey Uh, Kittle is the second rounder in our new ADP. Kelsey is uh, in the third round. So, so these guys are going to cost you uh, a a significant valuable pick if you're in a startup draft. and, And certainly if you're trying to acquire them in a, in an existing dynasty league, so I'll, I'll go to that same question. Are you willing to spend yes. that type of draft capital for Kittle or Kelsey?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because at Ertz, I think you can see that once the volume starts to diminish, he's going to fade. You've got yeah. Dar- Darren Waller, but Darren Waller's 2019 is pretty much his ceiling. You know, They're going to get oh, better yeah. receivers. Um, Mark Andrews is maybe has some room to grow, but he, you know, Mark Andrews is probably never going to be a Kittle or Kelsey in terms of weekly production. Austin, who doesn't pass the
1: eyeball test like that? No, no, like not. I mean, player. just not right. on that level, exactly.
2: No. I mean, the reality is that Kelsey and Kittle being in the league at the same time and following Gronkowski, like it's spoiling us. There may not be there. We might have a stretch like ten years from now. There might not be any anybody on that level at the position. Um, so yeah, I'm absolutely excited to do that because I think that if we when we look back on tight end now, there was Tyler Higby. If you got like you, you could have just. Been getting two and three point scores at tight end all year, and lucked into Tyler Higby. And if he made the fantasy playoffs, he was the same as Kittle and Kelsey. It was just astounding. But really, there wasn't any backdoor out. You get hit by lightning tomorrow too, right? Exactly. <laughs> right, like, yeah. No not right? So yeah, I mean, I trust my ability. This is something I talk about a lot, guys. I trust my ability to develop and cultivate value at running back and wide receiver a lot more than I trust my ability to create value at tight end. I mean, we might be looking at George Kittle. Oh, if we like, we may take like a, say like a seven year window from today, and George Kittle might score I don't know forty percent more points than any other tight end over that seven years. You yep. know, I mean, there may be some guys that for a year or two get close to him. Maybe somebody's even kind of like eighty percent of him for three or four of those years. But another thing is, it's fun, right? I mean, it's fun to have Rob Gronkowski, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey on your team, man. I mean, it's part of what gets you amped. When, you know, for fantasy football, when you watch these guys play, you're like, let's get back to the original genesis of fantasy football. Like, I'm building a team. I get to decide who I want on my team. Yeah, I want to build my team around someone like Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. That's fun for me. The other thing about tight ends, it's really proven true over the years. They last forever.
1: I mean, they might – Jason Witten's still in the league, and Antonio Gates just retired. And yeah. these guys hang on a long time that – they don't fall off cliffs and Kelsey in particular is such a good route runner. I in Mahomes isn't going away for the next eight yeah. years or whatever. You're going to get a lot of years out of Kelsey.
0: Yeah, just to show the value difference between uh, the top two guys, Kelsey and Kittle and everybody else. Uh, so, so Kelsey and Kittle are both top 30 assets. Kelsey just inside the top 30 in our dynasty ADP. The next tight end is actually Evan Ingram and, at 67 overall mm-hmm. so all the way uh at, at that midpoint in the sixth round so a huge gap huge tier between uh the top two and everybody else it's ingram then Ertz, and then and we see andrews and some of the other guys following and, and to your guys point
1: before yeah. uh, the second round wide receiver compared to the sixth round wide receiver you don't mind starting the sixth round yeah. wide receiver
0: yeah yeah, yeah exactly Perfect. Sig, thanks so much for joining us today. Such good stuff as always. It's It's, fun. The time always flies by. Uh, I I hope our listeners know by now, but let them know just in case where they can find you and your work.
2: Yeah, football guys on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom and the wonderful football Twitter. It's great. Have you guys noticed that the XFL has made football Twitter like Twitter's like peaceful? Everyone's getting along and having fun. <laughs> no one's rooting interest yet. Or- nah, everyone's <laughs> like isn't this fun? Isn't this great? <laughs> we're all we all enjoy. We're enjoying our time together. No, nah, it's good, and uh, it's it's uh, it's always a fun time to be doing this. And I think there's more and more people who are thinking about this stuff year round. There's always something to think about. What's great for us, us old men as In this young people's world, is they're encouraging us to do more, like more. We want more, you know. Just when you're walking to get, pick up your cup of coffee, and you just have some thoughts about the coaching hire that was just announced or something, tell us about it. So it's fun encouraging us because we would talk to ourselves in the mirror if we didn't have <laughs> right. a podcast, right? So it's great, and I always love a chance to get to do what we do together and, and travel through our our football adventures. And uh, I'm sure I'll be having both of you as guests in, in my little virtual world this off season is what we're thinking about all this stuff and all the wonderful people out there listening right now that allow us to do this absolutely good stuff buddy
0: very well said thanks again for joining us uh, sigmund bloom we'll be back next time with more dynasty blueprint